Welcome everyone back to the Matchnet Podcast. We are just jumping right into this topic. I was asking Kathy here again, what has been the response to people joining in on our conversations? People like having this give and take, I think because Kathy and I like to be really raw and let our true selves shine forth. And this is a platform in which we can do so. So thank you everyone for being recipients of our hearts and our true nature. Right, Kathy? Yes, thank you. Yeah, and you were just sharing. I was asking Kathy, what what upsets you? What frustrates you right, nowadays? Because I want to I want to piggyback off of her kind of spirit and train of thought. And you were just sharing the title of this episode, which will be something along the lines of <laughs> because I'm making this up on the spot. Why are people losing faith? Yeah. In the blessing, mm-hmm. in the matching, true parents, mm-hmm. and what are we going to do about it? And this is not to preface based on anger at individuals. No, we're not about that. We're not upset. We're not disappointed. Maybe, maybe you are. Maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I am. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for you. <laughs> but we're on a mission. We're charging the black gates, Kathy, of Mordor. I was watching last night for the first time. I can't believe this. First time with my wife. Return of the King. First time with my wife in our 13 years of blessing, right? Wow. I was like, why have I not watched this? I talk about this movie endlessly in our house with my kids, with, with Hitoe, and I always make the same reference of Aragorn charging after he lays down the ranger persona, picks up his sword and crown, faces Sauron at the Black Gates with 0% chance of, of, of winning, and absolute faith that maybe perhaps they could draw Sauron's gaze for just a second so that Frodo and Sam might be close enough to throw the ring into, into Mount Doom. Absolute faith laid down the, ra- the ranger persona, the identity. If you follow his trajectory, guys, in Aragorn, he was the guy that was like, I can't. I don't believe in the, in the goodness of my heart because I am a fallen man. I am a son of Adam. I am a fallen person and I can't become king. And you put that aside, why? Because there was a mission at hand. And he faced Sauron at the Black Gates after Sauron was tempting him, tempting him, saying, out of call, something like that, right? <laughs> and then it looked for a second that Aragorn was going to turn and betray his friends. He turned to his friends, put down his sword. He looked at his friends, looked, looked at Gandalf, Legolas, Gimli, the hobbits, and he said, for Frodo. He turns around and he charges by himself, leading the charge into, into the Black Gates, surrounded by evil, surrounded by the fallen nature of humanity. On the off chance that maybe they could give Frodo some time and Sam some time to destroy the rain, right? Gives me chills for Frodo. Mm. This is what we're doing, guys. I didn't plan to start this monologue with a reference to Lord of the Rings, but it's a perfect <laughs> analogy of where we are in our movement. We are not here to hate the sinners. We are here to fight for the lives and the hearts of every person, every God-given daughter and son of God, to fight for their hearts. Mm. And so that's the preface I wanted to put on this. We are not doing this out of disdain for people. We love everyone. Everyone is on a journey. Mm-hmm. Kathy, what do you want to talk about? What is on your <gasps> mind today? Ooh, yeah, amen. 
it's such a huge responsibility we're talking about, but I really resonate with that. Um, yeah, so when you asked me what's been on my heart, um, I was saying that I recently had been in touch with Dr. Ashil, who is um, the senior pastor for our region. And um, his desire is to re-inspire the younger generation for the blessing, the matching and the blessing. And I said, I'm with you there because, you know, I've been so passionate about the matching and the blessing and what it can do for us and our families and future families that it makes me sad that I see this pattern of people, younger generations, kind of losing a little bit of interest in going the way of the matching and blessing. Um, or they are disheartened by going the way of the matching and that they fail to pursue the blessing. So that can also be the case. Um, so after that initial conversation, I was telling you, Benji, earlier, I had proposed this question to a group of VCs, actually on Facebook, um, and many messaged me back uh, their experience um, about why they went to the blessing um, and also why they think younger generations now are losing interest. So that's kind of what I've compiled together for this episode. Yes, I would love to hear that. So at the core of what we're trying to answer here, what what's the question that is on your heart? Um, the main question that's on my heart is what's stopping you from pursuing the matching and the blessing mm -hmm. for yourself? What is stopping you? What are the challenges? Why are you losing faith? And mm -hmm. um, I think it's a very important topic. It's a super important topic. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's uh, what do you have for us? What's your conclusion or your what was the general response that you received and kind mm -hmm. of what you've concluded? Okay. So there's a lot. So I don't know how we want to do this. There's, sure. uh, I have points. I can read them and then we can talk about them or I can just kind of go through and then we'll chat about what comes up for us. But, um, you know, kind of like the, the divine principle, I want to know why people went first and, um, and, and then the challenges that they're seeing um, in, the, in the pattern for our younger generation. So I think the first important thing we need to um, understand is a lot of people do go this way because they felt a sense of serving or doing the right thing. It was expected of them. Their parents expected it of them. They thought this is what God wanted for them. And I don't want this to sound like a negative thing. Doing something out of expectation, but doing it because you want to out of a joyful heart is a precious thing to do. I think a heart of a servant is incredible to have. Um, a filial heart, you know, um, but when we do it just for the sake of approval, then the chances of regret may linger if you don't go, if, if it doesn't go the way you planned it. But if you do it out of a sincere, genuine love and heart to attend our parents, to attend God and true parents and for to have this for ourselves, because we see the value of it, then you have the, the armor to you know, push back against any regrets or things that you may come across when things go a little bit mm. um, out of what you expected. So for the most part, that's what many people were saying to me. Um, a lot of people said, you know, I went to the blessing because I saw in my family and my parents an ideal family. And I saw, I was like, wow, it's really refreshing to hear that because a lot of times I speak to a lot of VCs and they say, 
I don't want to go to the blessing because my family was supposed to be ideal, but I don't see ideal. I see mm -hmm. a lot of fighting. I see a, <laughs> I see a lot of causes for divorce. Oh, like, I don't goodness. want that. Mm. <laughs> but there are people Cause, who... Because only people that are blessed struggle in their marriage. Yeah, right? <laughs> Normal marriages never struggle. I guess, but I can't figure that out. <laughs> That's sarcasm for everyone listening. Okay. Right. <laughs> sarcasm. Off the, off the scales, Carson. Yeah. This person did say, if they're, they, we, my family and my parents' relationship weren't ideal because <laughs> there was never a fight, never an issue. Yeah. But they were ideal. It was ideal in the sense that they always made up. They always mm. reconciled. They always found a way to come back. So that's what drew uh, her to this to the to this way of the matching and the blessing. Um, hmm. And lastly, they believe in lineage. And I think this is a big one to talk about because I think a lot, and this is now creeping up on the challenges. And I think a lot of the reason why many um, forget or lose interest is because they think the blessing is just another marriage, but it's not, it's deeper than a marriage. And, and a lot of that has to deal with lineage. And I think it's very hard to grasp that concept still um, for many people, or it's not fully talked about or explained in a way that gives them, um, you know, a deeper understanding. Um, so, yeah, so that's why people went. Um, I don't know if you wanted to kind of say anything. Else. Yeah, thank you. This is huge. I can share personal my experience in this. Sacrifice is a beautiful thing. Sacrifice is a God. It's like true father loved sacrifice. True mother sacrificed a lot. Like we have misused the word sacrifice and it has a bad reputation and a bad history. Mm -hmm. When sacrifice is fueled by what you were hinting at, fear, obligation, which is I'm afraid to not because of the consequences. I'm afraid to not get blessed because of the disappointment I would receive from my parents. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to to leave this faith of fear. I'm, I'm staying here out of fear. Mm. Sacrifice can originally should be used for love. I do this. I sacrifice because I can't help it because I am so grateful to God, to my parents, to true parents that I can't help but want to give back to them. Mm -hmm. That's true sacrifice. That's a genuine, that comes from our heart, true self. It's because I love you. A mother sacrifices for its child because it's afraid that the child will be disappointed in it if it doesn't feed it in the middle of the night. No, because a mother can't help. It's like, I do it because I love you. That's it. Mm -hmm. That is unconditional sacrifice. And sacrifice is a beautiful, beautiful thing that we have misused. And I hope that we can re reclaim that word in our faith and our movement because I know when people think sacrifice, we think of a lot of fear comes up. A lot of darkness comes up. For my own sake, sake, uh, my own story, my blessing, I've talked about this numerous times here on the podcast, but a large reason why I received the blessing in the beginning was because I was afraid. I was afraid initially of my parents being disappointed in me. I think more so I was afraid of my com community disowning me because everyone else in me believed in the blessing and God and lineage and all this stuff. But fortunately, I had a, a part of me a, a small part of me, which is like a 30, 40% part of me that genuinely desired this blessing from my own heart. But a large part of it was because I was just afraid. And I talk about this story, but I don't think people understand how common this is because I'm privy to have 
conversations constantly with people that are getting blessed, receive the blessing or preparing to, it's very common. It's incredibly common that people don't have the majority of their motivation coming from a true self part of them. That's like, I really want this because I love, right? Mm -hmm. I do this because I love out of love. And the reality is a lot of people do it because the alternative is too scary. The alternative is too painful, right? Mm -hmm. Which is okay. It's okay. It's okay to do something for your parents because, because you love them. Right. Mm -hmm. But eventually it has to switch. Eventually the fuel the reason that we are together, the reason we're committed to this blessing has to change, not because I'm, af I'm afraid of God's wrath or anything like that. I'm here because I love my wife and my husband, my spouse, and I love my children. I'm here for them. I'm here for God. I'm here for me in my own heart. Eventually, the, the motivation has to shift from not a selfish thing, but really for others. Right. Others-centered, not self-centered. I just wanted to add that. I think sacrifice is a beautiful thing. We got to reclaim that word. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Benji. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking about a recent conversation I had with um, a friend of mine. Um, I went to STF with him mm -hmm. and he was talking about what it means to be unconditional and that the main problem in matching blessing or maintaining even our faith in our movement is that we don't know how to be unconditional. For example, um, we, we go to the blessing or we uh, for to get you know to get a spouse and to create this ideal family but when you have this blessing and you have this spouse in front of you and your relationship is now it's not something you experience it's actually becoming a challenge this person is too difficult to love um and then you have children with this person now your children are are adding a little bit more to the stress of a relationship that's already difficult. And then you try to love your children, but it starts to become conditional, just like your love for your spouse, that I will only love my spouse if he or she responds to me in this way, if he or she changes, if they just do this thing differently, you know, and, um, and, and what it means to be unconditional is that no matter what, your love for them shouldn't be dictated upon their actions or what they do. Unconditional love, especially for your children, you just love them no matter what. Not whether they disagree with you or disobey you, you still love them no matter what. And in my heart, I completely agree with that. However, but there is always a however. There is still an expectation, right? You know, thinking back into our, our, our heavenly parent, God, true parents, they are somewhat conditional people you know god always had conditions that he expected us to fulfill mm. there's true parents had to set so many conditions that if you don't do this we cannot move further so there is still a part of me that feels like we in regards to receiving the matching the blessing creating families and acting out of sacrifice and acting out of love there, it, we should still want to do that because in a way we are living up to heavenly expectation, um, a condition of, of love that kind of elevates us to receive God's entirety into our relationship, into our families. Um, so when I'm thinking about sacrifice and unconditional love, I'm thinking about having this deeper sense of I guess, responsibility or commitment 
not necessarily to just make God and your parents happy, but knowing that you in the end will feel so much happier and so much more fulfilled when you go this certain way, whether it was expected of you or not, for you to own the reason is the most important thing, um, I think. And um, I know there was a long-winded roundabout of getting to that conclusion, but I really think taking ownership and understanding why this is especially important for you is is important to to come across before you go to the matching and blessing. Um, so that brings me up to, I guess, the challenges mm. of why people don't go anymore. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, I love this. this um, great. We're gonna get some touchy topics coming up soon. I I I sure hope so. I I really want. And after this episode, I really hope you get some feedback, Benji, and you share it with me about uh, if this resonates with people. Um, yeah. So the first thing. Well, K Kathy, can I can I paint a picture first? Yes. Before we get into the reasons, I'll pass back to you. So a common scenario, incredibly common. I was talking with a, a brother recently who was going through divorce, and I was asking him this question, right? His wife, uh, okay, how is it that an individual, let's say second generation BCs in our movement, can go from teenagehood, youth ministry, absolute hunoke devotion, going to GPA, STF, whatever, years, three, two years, university, carp, the whole thing, the whole enchilada. Start working, get blessed, so empowered, matching process, the whole thing, just within a few years. I don't believe in God anymore. Everyone is evil. True parents are wrong. And all religion is false. How does that happen? This is not some hypothetical one time. This happens all the time. All the time. In mm -hmm. our faith, out our faith. Yeah. Christianity, Latter-day Saints, whatever. It <laughs> happens. Yeah. And we have to answer this question. How is that possible? Those are completely opposing beliefs, right? right. From this is the most important thing in my life, which is my faith, God, true parents, hundoke, to it's mm -hmm. all fake. <laughs> and none of it matters. And I want to divorce my husband right now because I don't believe in the blessing. <laughs> Those are completely opposing beliefs. Yeah. So how is that possible? I would understand if it was like a general kind of gradual, like, oh, I'm kind of going the same direction by changing a little bit of my beliefs. That's a completely 180 direction, the wrong direction or opposite mm -hmm. direction, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the illustration I want to paint. How does that happen? Why does that happen? Do you have an answer? No, I'm posing it so <laughs> that you can unpack it and unwrap this little <laughs> present that I'm giving to you. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say this right off the bat. The I have no answers to all these guys. Okay. The, these are just speculation and understanding. Um, and, and, and I really do. I really do want to have some concept of why that does happen because I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Um, mm. So hopefully we can uncover that because right now I do want to touch on why people initially do not even want to start the process of the matching. Um, so the first thing that I'm, I've been getting from this group of people who have messaged me about what is stopping them from the matching and the blessing is that they really don't see any difference between the blessing and a marriage. And mm -hmm. um and that comes with the with a lack of understanding of really what the blessing is. I think for many people, 
the idea of the blessing is conceptual and they and they just don't see how it makes either their parents' lives any better or how it's made any of their friend group better when they compare it to outside world, right? They see a lot of good families in the outside world, uh, meet the secular world. They see a lot of good relationships in the secular world. So why is the blessing any more special? And I think if you don't understand lineage, if you don't understand God's heart mm. and, and desire for continuing this lineage, it will be very hard to understand. So I think lack of understanding or, or internalizing truly what that means has to play a role. Um, I was speaking with one person and she actually said that when she was growing up, there was a time in her life that she actually le left our faith. Um, she went out and um, dated only to find herself more heartbroken than she ever thought she could be. When she came back, she realized she wanted someone that has a similar outlook on what it means to have an eternal commitment. Even though many people are outside getting married, getting married, their marriages aren't as eternal as they hoped it would be. You see a lot of divorces. You see a lot of cheating and and disloyalty towards one another. And she and even though our church is not perfect, it's it's very it's it's highly likely that the loyalty will be returned to you more so than you see at this the, the um than the culture that we see outside of our movement so when she returned to our movement decided to actually pursue the matching for herself she within that same year got matched to a brother all the way in France and she felt as soon as this process started she felt the hand of God in this whole process that she couldn't even explain it. And she had, and this is someone who's taken a step back from our faith and actually started to try to disown it, but really truly felt God working in this process. So I think if we really take a step back and understand what the blessing gives to us, yes, lineage, but also it gives us this commitment, this mentality that we are in this, even after death, we are in this, for generations, working to have a generation of our bloodline of happy, fulfilled, God-centered, loved um, uh, lineage for our children and so on and so forth. Um, so that's kind of one of the biggest reasons why I personally feel there's been a lack of desire to go mm -hmm. to the matching and blessing. Just this lack of understanding of truly what the blessing is and why is it yeah. any different than marriage. Yeah, beliefs, belief systems will change everything. Beliefs inform behaviors and be behaviors are dictated by what people believe. Mm -hmm. That's that's clearly been evident in especially people that have conversion experiences. Think about our parents, for example, who had a very uh, dr dramatic conversion experience where they believed one thing and then they believe another thing. It's like right. take someone, for example, who's like atheistic, God is not real, spirit, is not, spirit world is not real, and then they join a movement and they believe, not just join, but they believe wholeheartedly that their mm -hmm. actions do impact their spirit and their afterlife. Right. Talk about a 180 belief system. So that's how people can instantly quit addiction, smoking, sleeping around, porn addiction, instantly. Mm -hmm. That's what people, because they had a complete belief system change. And so without that belief system, the, the blessing, like you're saying, is it, it actually doesn't 
have much difference without the spiritual implications. Right. It's it's true. Like if people don't look at the spirituality of the blessing on the surface, they're actually right. There's not much difference. Mm -hmm. There's people coming together for their whole lives. It doesn't look different. They die. You don't know what happens afterwards. They struggle a lot. (laughs) They have some kids. They do a little strange practices here and there in the morning, early mornings of the (laughs) early, early hours of the morning, right? They go to church like most people do around the world. (laughs) And so it doesn't look, so I don't blame them Mm -hmm. actually. Right. But I think it is, how dare I say, foolish. It is is a foolish conclusion to say that the blessing doesn't work because my parents are struggling. Yeah. Guess what? The The blessing is hard. And so is marriage. Relationships are hard. People suck at marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And so what people do is they hedge. It's classic hedging, conflating things. Conflating is, it absolutely drives my gears because it's completely disingenuous. If someone can acknowledge, just say like, yes, my parents struggle. And so do all people. They're human. They're not flawless. Mm -hmm. Right? The people in our movement are not flawless. That is Mm -hmm. a wise, mature perspective. A foolish person will say, oh, my parents struggle in their marriage. Therefore, the blessing is wrong. Therefore, your parents are wrong. Therefore, God is not real. Therefore, all religion is evil. You see what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Think about like this. I remember during 9-11, right? That whole few years after 9-11. You probably remember this too, Kathy. Mm -hmm. I remember how much Americans hated Muslims. Yeah. It was a real thing. People hated Muslims. Muslims and they hated mosques. And I remember re- hearing that news mm-hmm. and just how much uh, mistrust there was towards Muslims in airports. Remember this? Yes. It was a huge deal. Yeah. And so the conclusion people came to, unfortunately, foolishly, terrorists did this terrible attack. They were Muslim, they were Muslim conflating. Muslims are wrong, conflating. Religion is wrong, conflating. Mm -hmm. Therefore, my Christian community, my unification community is wrong and evil. Mm -hmm. Another example. My friends, my friend was molested by someone in a church. Mm. Whatever, whichever faith. Priests are wrong, priests are evil. Catholicism is wrong and evil. Christianity, all of Christianity is evil. Religion is all evil and therefore God's not real. You see what's going on? Mm Mm-hmm. It's where people are looking for ways to feed a narrative that suits their comfort and heart and experience and pain. And I get it. I understand it. We're looking for narratives to feed the pain that we have. I know Mm -hmm. this is a little touchy, but this drives me crazy too. The whole thing, Abhisan, God bless him. God bless him. That whole thing is conflating 101. Yeah. I knew from day one, as soon as that happened, that news came out, I was like, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew all the jaded second gen negative people are going to come out and say, oh, I told you so. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Japanese church, blah, blah, blah. Donations. Conflating. Right. It's a guy that's crazy that murdered someone. That's what happened. And yep. we should end it there. <laughs> right. Right. That's the news that should be. It's a crazy person. Murder. Because as soon as you start saying, oh, he did this because of that, because of that, then guess what? You're justifying murder. Correct. You're justifying murder because you're saying it's justifiable that because this crazy man had a parent that is in a lot of pain and went through this experience and therefore all Japanese churches even wrong. Like, look at what's happened over the last few years in the news. You can't go to Japan. I have been. 
You can't go to Japan, watch the news without them talking about the Unification Church. Mm. It's sad because it's fallen nature one-on-one. Mm. It's feeding people's pain. It's feeding people's anger and resentment. Mm-hmm. And it's saying your pain is right. You are right. Your anger is right. Right. Now, let me take a step back, guys. I'm not angry at these people. I am frustrated at the disingenuous nature of this. All right? Mm-hmm. It is frustrating to me that people are not able to just be honest and truthful with themselves and say, I'm in pain. Everyone's in pain. And it's no one's right. fault. We're sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. The spiritual fall of, of Adam and Eve, of humanity, has what caused the pain throughout history. Mm-hmm. And that's what the blessing is here to reverse. Mm-hmm. And if you can't see the blessing with spiritual eyes, maybe it's not for you. I don't know. Don't take that advice. That's just my older brother advice to you guys. Maybe it's not for you. No one's going to ban you and say, oh, you shouldn't get blessed. But maybe it's not for you. If you can't say with most conviction, conviction like, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I, why? Because I love God. I love my lineage. I love my name. And I want to pass it on. Mm-hmm. And I want to teach, raise a blessed family. Mm-hmm. If that's your conviction, then run for it. But if it's anything like, oh, you know, marriage is the same, blessings the same, whatever, I'm just going to go because my parents want me to. But it's just marriage. I don't know. Maybe it's not for you. Right. So, yeah. Great point, Kathy. We have to see from spiritual eyes. What's the term you use? We have to see it for lineage. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. We have to understand the lineage, which is a spiritual aspect. Um, but going to your point um, that you were just talking about now, um, coming... <laughs> As a as a blessing coordinator, right? When I hear someone say, maybe you shouldn't get blessed. Like, oh no, you can't say that to people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but I actually agree. Okay. <laughs> yet. Yet. Don't get blessed yet. Do that. <laughs> no, well, um, one of um our sermons here in our local church a couple of weeks ago was given by uh, Joe Young, he's a um, a blessed child who was a pastor here for at least five years. He was giving a sermon and um, he was talking about, you know, the, the three great blessings. Um, and a lot of times people, they go through this process of, you know, you perfect yourself or you try to be fruitful and then you move on to the next stage. Then you multiply. You have, you know, you get blessed. You get married. Then you multiply. But a lot of times, people stop there. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no sense of passing this blessing that you receive to the greater whole. No sense of desire to impact other people with what you have been given, because the blessing is nothing you actually really have to work for. I think a lot of people get discouraged, saying, "Oh, there's so many prerequisites. I have to do this. I have to do that." And there, you know, uh, whether it's the tedious work of paperwork, but all whether it's a spiritual preparation, you know, conditions, purity, whatever, I think a lot of people say there's just too much to do, to deal with. But people need to to understand that the blessing is really a gift. It's really nothing you have to earn. True parents already did their part. They received this blessing to give to you as a gift, much like. Christians and how they feel so indebted to Jesus for their salvation. This is our salvation. It's nothing that you have to do to earn. This is a gift from God and true parents. Now, 
the preparation is just to help you. <laughs> it's really just to prepare you to tackle this gift, to understand its value and how to make the most of it. And so when I hear people say, oh, you know, there's just so many strict rules. We have to do this, do that. Well, I mean, it's not really mandatory, but it's a guideline that you should probably do your best to understand why it's there. It's to help you. Um, so that's another reason why I think people um, don't go the way the matching. They think it's just too much work, too much effort. I'm just going to go out and maybe find someone, bring them to, to my parents. Maybe they'll accept them. Who knows? <laughs> mm. um, but to the, to the point of maybe you shouldn't get blessed if you don't really understand it. In a way, there's actually some truth to that. Because I find myself constantly thinking, I'm looking at a lot of people, some friends, some, you know, acquaintances that I've met throughout the years who are, who, who had been blessed, but really don't live a life any different than in the outside world, the secular world, you know, there's no sense of heart of attendance, there's no sense of wanting to come for God, wanting to, you know, um, live a life of faith or tradition, just nothing, no, no different. So if that if you truly don't understand the blessing, you really don't think it's it's any different. Uh, you know, maybe it's too much to say, but maybe you're right. Maybe you really need to reconsider where you are right now. And if you're not going to value this gift that is given to you, I don't know. Yeah, you're really not any different. Uh, that's just you know, in my opinion, and it really hurts yeah. in it to see, but um. Yeah, I, I, I rack my brain trying to understand, mm -hmm. like you said, how do people go from doing all the things right, getting masked, getting blessed, only to leave and say, forget it. <laughs> this was bogus. I think we'll um, I think we'll have a good conclusion to this, this illustration. Yes. Okay. I want to interject a, go a ahead. comment on this. Just to be clear, because I know this is really there's a there's a deep, deep desire in our movement and in the heart of mother, true mother, especially that everyone will get blessed. That's true mother's heart. That is a mother's heart, which is a beautiful thing. And so ultimately it's true parents authority to give the blessing, not ours, not Kathy or mine. What we're only doing is recommending as an older brother and older sister that have been blessed for many years, right? Over a decade, uh, that based on our experience, it might be a better, experience for your lineage and your understanding of the blessing if you take some time to really delve into it mm -hmm. and if it means holding off a little before you receive the blessing then we can only recommend that that's a good idea that's it mm -hmm. it's not a bfm rule or anything like that mm -hmm. it's just i just want to put that uh preface on that whole conversation yeah yeah no absolutely um i think for Currently, right now, for a lot of people, with their certain challenges, um, and I think a lot of the reasons why we have now recommended for people to maybe, you know, if if you feel like you need to hold off, seven, 16, 17, that's still a little young. So if you feel like you need to wait, please do so. And I think that comes a lot with maturity. And we look at the time frame, the age of when many people are preparing for the matching to go through this process, you know, it's a lot on someone's plate. You know, it's a, a lot of times you're 19, 20, 21, you know, around that age and you're going to school, you're in college, you're trying to find a job you're, or maybe you're in GPA, you know, so you're juggling a lot. Now you have to think about putting yourself out there. So I understand that 
many times, men and women, you know, it's like, wow, this is a lot for me to handle. And put like put on top the fact that you're still maturing, you're still trying to understand what it means to be a future husband, future wife. So that's a lot on people's plate. And I and I understand that. So I think a lot of the challenges that I'm also seeing is that people do start the process of the matching and then they face a rejection. They face someone saying, I'm sorry, I'm not interested or I'm sorry, I'm deciding to pursue someone else. And I know for both men and women, especially for men, I think that's a big ego punch, you know, and and one of the people I've been talking to have said the same thing. It really affects someone's confidence. Um, and and even as a matching supporter right now, um, I'm I'm seeing a lot of things. I'm seeing parents are being too picky and even candidates are being too picky. It's like huh. we've taken the matching and the blessing to become so uh shallow superficial superficial thank you that's the word and uh the way that people are approaching it yes exactly when parents look at the when parents look at the profiles maybe they're only looking for does this person did this person do like five years of gpa or sdf did this person do missionary work even if they have a a career or a job they're a dentist or a doctor they're making money and they don't have missionary work under them they'll probably pass them on by or I get a lot of people saying, I want someone, but they only have to be this, this, this. They have to be like that, that, that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I don't what, even know where to start. I would recommend people listen to the episode that I did recently with Samara. Mm. Uh crush the numbers. It's you we can't afford to be picky yeah. in our in our movement. We can't. Right. There's just not enough people. <sighs> crush the numbers. You can't afford to be like you, nobody can afford to be picky. But not yeah. only that, it actually does is detrimental because it does limit how God might want to work. Most mm-hmm. important, you know? Yeah. So I from a spiritual or practical perspective, it doesn't make sense to have any sort of filters apart from they're the opposite gender and that you have a general shared goal, mission in life. Yes, right? correct. Yeah. I I I agree. I mean, if I were to do it, I mean, yes, it's so tempting to be very superficial in some ways, but I will tell you right now, I mean, I don't know if I share, but when I got matched with my husband, it wasn't, I wasn't head over heels with him based on his looks. I mean, I think he's a great looking guy, but it wasn't like that for me in the beginning. I loved his mind. I loved his faith and I loved where he was going. And I think we have to go back Mm -hmm. to that. We can't we can't focus on looks. We can't focus on external things. We have to go back to the internal. Um, yeah, too many people are, are they, yeah, don't settle. Sure, I get that. There's a whole movement out there. Don't settle, right? You need to find someone that's worth your time. And But how long are you going to be waiting? Like 20 years <laughs> till you're 40? So uh, yeah, it just boggles my mind sometimes. But. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard for people that are, I mean, we're all growing up in this culture where we're told certain things. Our perception on what is expected regarding finding someone is very skewed. Mm -hmm. Very strong, especially in our movement, strong expectation and perception that, oh, it should be easy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, there are a lot of people. It should be easy. Right. right. It's not. It's a different, completely different story when compared to our parents who went to father's matching. Completely different. Completely. Like people don't understand. Your matching will look nothing like that. 
-hmm. First of all, you have thousands of people that are in the same room that are willing to do, be matched with anybody. There's no filter at all. Like anyone here, they've preemptively accepted, I will be matched to and commit to 100%. -hmm. It does, that's not the situation, right? Mm -hmm. I think we should have the same heart as people are going to two parents match. People have that heart. Yes. But the reality is very different because you have, you're not in a room with thousands of people that have the same age range as you and the same mission. We're not in that situation. There are thousands around the world and you have to find them and you have to come conversation with them. And so honestly, Kathy, like if you ask me, just pick someone. (laughs) I I don't know how to say that without being abrasive. You know what I'm saying? And people going, but, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on. Like, give me a second. All right. <laughs> just, just pick someone. <laughs> like, just do it. Okay. I did it. Thank you. I did it at my matching with true father. <laughs> he said, pick someone and God will support you. And I was like, mm. okay, done. Oh, sure. really? Father said for you to pick someone? Yes. Oh, wow. 100%. This is the first time he did it, by the way. And no one, everyone freaked out. I haven't really told this story recently. Uh, oh, the podcast. my goodness. It's a whole unpacking. He was literally like, pick someone. And then he left the room. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. He said, he said, see you at the blessing. And then he left. (laughs) This is the first time. All right. Think about it. The entire premise of true father's matching is I can't find someone because I'm too selfish. (laughs) I don't trust myself. That's Mm -hmm. why people go to father's matching. Mm -hmm. And therefore I want True father to do it for him. True parents. Yeah. yeah. And God. That's why people go to Father's Match. <laughs> That's why I went. So everyone in the room is flipping the hell out, Kathy. They are <laughs> losing it. And I was watching them because I'm I'm like that. I was laughing even because people jumping, screaming, women's hair, you know, it's all like, <laughs> like getting messed up because they're just jumping and crying so much. Really? Women just all like looking at their feet crying. Wow. And he was like, just, just pick someone. And God will support you. This is a this is the man. This this dude, can you this this guy who's been doing this for decades, matching people. This was his job. This is he created blessed families, right? And then he was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm gonna you guys just choose yourself, and then you'll you'll take responsibility for it. That was what he was saying. Kat. He was like, Oof. I take responsibility for your matching, and you break it. That's what he said. Hmm. I take responsibility for your matching, and you break it. You should choose your own spouse. And he trusted us. The important, the important uh, lens for this entire process is that he really trusted this group of people that were devoted. Absolutely, no matter what, I will do what's best for God. I will do what's best for creating a blessed family. Mm-hmm. If you put those people together in a room, just pick, just mm-hmm. pick one. That's it. Wow. As long as they're committed to cre- creating a blessed family with you, right? I would say that's really the only thing. Because people get wrapped up in like all this, like, oh, you know, is our mission completely aligned? Are we going to spend our day-to-day doing the same thing? It's like, no, your day-to-day is going to look completely different. <laughs> You're not going to be on a team like those ideal couples that are marching together, doing youth <laughs> ministry. I know they exist. God bless them. <laughs> your couple's going to look different. Right, Kathy? Yeah. And so I was talking with this guy that was ending his matching process, Right. And I was like, why are you, why are you ending it? And he was like, oh, our visions are not aligned. He was like, Benji, you say all the time, have the same vision. And he was like, our visions weren't aligned. So we ended it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, what's your vision? And then we really broke it down. And he was like, you guys have the same freaking vision. 
You both <laughs> want to create a blessed family, but the way you get there is going to look different and that's okay. And so I want to say that because I know I always, we always talk about aligned missions, right? Yes. With your yes. spouse, which is incredibly important in the blessing, outside the blessing, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what people get trapped up is they get too caught up in the exact. Right. Framework. How are they going to do yeah. it? What it's going to look like? Mm-hmm. It's really just, you want to create a blessed family. That's it. Right. Which means implied in that is you want to teach your children about blessing mm-hmm. God, your parents. That's it. Correct. And then it'll unfold, right? As it does, Kathy, over time. Right. Okay. So I look the bot the 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 whole uh bottom line of the my matching process was that your father was just like, just pick someone. I trust you guys have the right intentions, right heart, pure heart. Just pick someone. Take responsibility. <laughs> God will support that. And as soon as I heard that, that's all he said. As soon as I said that, he said, choose someone and God will support you. I was like, okay. This guy that I'm the guy that I'm putting my whole trust into my into my life, into my blessing, is telling me that God will work through me. All right. And so I did it. Just went around, looked at all the sisters. As I do, look at the sisters. Hmm. Most of them, by the way, are looking at their feet crying. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm not exaggerating. They're looking at their feet because would you be able to look at a man straight in the eye that's checking you out? Would you? Like, yeah. No, most of them were looking at their feet with their hair down, like crying or like really nervous, right? There was one sister. There was one after out of 70 plus women, there was one sister that was not looking at her feet, looking me straight in the eyes as I passed by her, this line of women. There's one woman I remembered after I went through, I was like, who really stood out to me? There's one sister that was looking around just like this confident, just looking around. And I was like, that's a woman of faith. That is a woman that is a good woman. And so I put my hand, I went back to her, put my hand out. She accepted my hand, which is also important, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) She accepted my hand and the rest is history. That's it. We were the first couple in that group to get matched. Whoa. I was the first one. (laughs) I I charged the Black Gates of Mordor (laughs) with my sword. And I was like, take my hand. She took my hand happily ever after. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Happy, miserable, miserably ever after, after that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so inspiring. I don't think I've heard your matching testimony. <laughs> it's pretty wild, I know. People are like, yeah, my matching, my matching story was so, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's that simple. Just pick somebody and make it work. I I bet my life on it that this is what your father approached with. Like, this is really con- controversial, I know, but I'm willing to do that because I don't care. I think when your father was matching people, we like to say that it's all 100% spiritual and guided by ancestors and he was seeing these lights. Okay, I think that's partly true. I think there's a percentage of it that that is, that is actual. I think the greater under the iceberg reason that this was working is because he knows that if he puts two people that are male and female and they have a shared vision to create a blessed family and teach their children about the blessing, which is one of the vows that he asked them to make at the blessing ceremony, to teach Mm -hmm. your children about purity and the blessing, right? Mm -hmm. And he knows that if he puts them together, they'll make it work. Right. 
And I know when I say that, I know it causes people to feel like, but, 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 but my blessing is spiritual. <laughs> Parents are put together by the universe. I know. Okay. <laughs> I think there's part of that. Yes. I'm not discounting that. I think ancestors are part of it. I think spirituality part of it. I think true father is very intuitive. He's incredibly spiritually open, but I think the majority of it is just, he's like, I can make this work. These, these right. people can make it work. And that is what he proved in my matching. Mm -hmm. He proved it. Because he was like, pick your own freaking spouse. God will support you in the same way that he supports me. He gave this authority to, to, to parents as well, the parents of second generation. God will support you matching your kids the same way that God supports me when I match you. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. All right. And I think this is helpful because it takes off this massive burden, this massive weight that people place on themselves when they're looking for a spouse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I told his brother I was talking to, I was like, it's, it's like, it's so sad. You ended a matching process. Could have been beautiful if you just had a little faith. Right. Because your matching will, your blessing, your relationship will not unfold the way that you want it to. Mm -hmm. It will not. Mm -hmm. It will be up and down. It will be a roller coaster. But you will go in the same direction together, step by step. And eventually you'll get there. Mm -hmm. Because your mm -hmm. goal ultimately is the same. Mm -hmm. as is God's, as is true parents. And that's what we're doing. Right. right. Love that. So I want to go back to this picture of this hypothetical person that is very much real. Absolute devotion, mm -hmm. true parents, God, just mm -hmm. five, 10 years later, everything is wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. How does that happen? At a fundamental, like psychological but also environmental and lifestyle reason. You know what mm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Did you have a conclusion? Well, I've talked too much, so I want to hear from you. <laughs> I do have a conclusion. That's all. <laughs> um, sorry, I don't have the whole picture, so I'm trying okay. to Okay, right? okay, because I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here. Um, uh, okay. I was going to say something very personal but I don't think this is the right platform in regards to me and where I am at with my life of faith. But I of course it's the right platform. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Certain things I'm very, very open about, but I think this may cause too much contradiction really? in, okay. in <laughs> the UC movement. Um, but I mean, yes. I'm currently still, still strengthening my faith. I mean, my, my faith and trust in your parents and principle is always there. Mm. I'm still going through some things that just recently occurred. Um, so if it's not built on, well, here's, I guess there's a difference. My, my faith and how it's kind of transforming is still not causing me any reason to avoid religion, avoid uh, true parents, avoid principle at all. In fact, it makes me want to understand it deeper. But if this person you're talking about, their struggles are causing them to just leave faith in God altogether. Uh, it to me, it just sounds it sounds like they had a picture of where they wanted to be, and they thought that this like God and your parents and a blessing would get them there. And if they're not getting that picture, it's opposite of what they envisioned. Then they need something to blame, mm. and perhaps that could be because they chose to go this way. To me, that's kind of what I feel might happen 
in this hypothetical but very much real case. Interesting. So there was a need that was there that was never met. Yeah. And so they're yeah. searching for that somewhere. Correct. Mm. I think that is a beautiful, yeah, that's a really beautiful explanation. Yeah. It's very painful because, you know, people that go through that kind of experience, they're doing their best. They are doing their absolute best to figure out life. And I think that when people start off life, like we're all flaw flawed, none of mm -hmm. us are flawless and we're all in, we're all in pain. Mm -hmm. We all have wounds. And if anyone hears that and says, oh, I don't have wounds, that means you had a cushy life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's subtle, especially for us that have really good parents. Yeah. Right. Parents right. did everything right. We have wounds because we're yeah. human mm -hmm. and because we're all descendants of the fall. Right. Yeah. We still have some part, partly we have sin in us. Yeah. So, so we deal with those wounds in the ways that we can. Sometimes people, especially in those situations, I think a lot of the ways that they deal with their wounds is actually to go the, the proper route. Hmm. This is what I'm getting to. It's a very, very dark and very subtle and very insidious feeling that we don't talk about in our faith. Hmm. The gung ho, forward charging, man of faith, woman of faith that does everything right, goes to the blessing, gets matched while also having a crippling addiction. Mm. How common is that? So we're trying, people are trying to deal with their pain and disappointment or anger or resentment in some way. And I think for people in this kind of situation that have a 180 degree in their faith, they just eventually concluded that the solution, they were not finding a solution to their pain. So they're looking for it for some, from someone else, from somewhere else. And it's a never ending cycle of, of, of making big decisions and trying to find it through travel. Right. right. That's a real thing or find mm -hmm. it through addiction, try to find it in Instagram, <laughs> social media, through porn addiction, trying to find it through sleeping around. Mm -hmm. And it's a constant desire to, to feed our wounds, to heal our wounds. And then it develops into resentment towards the church and faith because that is a solution or a, I would say a false solution, a temporary solution to help soothe their pain mm -hmm. because it helps us rationalize and make sense of everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful explanation. Um, it's not the one that I would have thought of initially, Kathy. <laughs> But I think you're you're more right, actually. Like at the deep, deep core level of it, that's that's like a perspective only a mother could give, honestly. <laughs> really, is that we're we're all flawed and in pain, and and people deal with it in different ways, and there's a there's a deep seated need that people have that was never addressed, right? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I have that too. I really do. Yeah. Hmm. So what's your conclusion? I guess mine is more practical. Uh, I think there's always a need for the balance of like vertical, horizontal, masculine, feminine. And I don't want to say this like I'm the masculine perspective, but I, I am. <laughs> yes, you are. In yeah. my family, you should see our car rides with my kids. <laughs> I should record these sometimes and just put them <laughs> on the podcast. It's just me ranting like endlessly about stuff like just everything 
to your kids? <laughs> just rent endlessly. My rant right now is dog people. <laughs> You're a dog person. I love you. But dog people grind my gears. I'm talking about real, like true dog people. Yes. If you've lived in America, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the they have strollers for their dogs. Yes. Yep. That's a real dog person. A dog yeah. owner is a different thing. Like someone that gets a dog to protect their family, to have companionship, to to like, you know, be part of the family. That's a different story. I used yeah. to have a dog. It died because <laughs> it was stupid and we didn't raise it properly. But oh, uh, no. or I'm stupid, maybe that's what I should say. Oh my god. <laughs> but I drive me crazy. Dog people that spend as much time, attention, and headspace on their dog as they would a human. Right. It's just yeah. and to me, it's disingenuous because I'm like, just get a, just get a kid. Just yeah. Get, yeah. Like, just get a kid, guys. Come on. Especially where I live in America, is like young couples, like have a house and everything and two dogs. I'm like, come on, guys. Is that really the purpose of your marriage? To get right. dogs. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I know. I know. Uh, this is the kind of stuff I talk about in the car with my kids. With your and, kids. Uh, so my point is that like, this is this is really like, this is just a manly thing to talk about. Um, but yeah, I really, I think you're right. Your your perspective is absolutely right. Um, I would say that the, in that kind of situation where people have a 180 faith degree change, it's because they their priorities changed, shifted. Because your actions are dictated by what, is important to you, right? Your beliefs are dictated by your behavior and vice versa. And so if somebody is spending the majority of their attention and headspace and time and energy on one priority, they're going to gravitate towards that more and more and more and more. And they're going to neglect secondary priorities, mm -hmm. okay? So what we have is situations where people are, when they're teenagers, living in their parents' home, going to youth ministry, going to church, doing workshops, going to GPA, the high priority in their life is because they're spending a majority of their mental real estate in that environment, of the environment of faith. And there's constant stimulation. There's constant give and take with wise people, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, right? With parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you remove that stimulation and put them in an environment where the shift of their priority becomes what? Making money. True. At the core of it, that's what it is. It's about making money. Mm -hmm. It's about profits, right? It's about career. Not just making money. It's about status. It's about looking good. It's about that kind of stuff, which is all important. Not saying it's not important. But what happens when that becomes number one? Right. What happens is that you will sacrifice your secondary priorities for number one. And anytime mm -hmm. the secondary things get in the way of number one, you get stressed, frustrated, angry, irritable, resentful. Because number one, number one is making money. Kids, stop it. I'm in a meeting. Faith, not important. Church, why would I go to church? Number one, I'm working on business, mm. changing the world, right? This is what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of this, Catherine. Mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. spent the last eight or so years without knowing it, that my number one priority in my life was my mission. It was. Because... How do I know that? Because most of my time and attention, what I was thinking about at night and waking up in the morning, in between meetings, in between feeding the kids, in between life, what was consuming my headspace was the mission, mm. which is not terrible and it's not bad. But what the sacrifice was that 
there was so much more that could have been with my kids, especially in my marriage, if I had the right priorities in place. Mm. And so I sacrificed a lot of that because I wouldn't think about it. It wasn't on my radar. And I was guilty of, hey, kids, I'm in a meeting. Stop, stop. Right. But I changed that. I'm proud to say I've completely changed that. And right now in my life, my number one priority is raising wise children, a blessed family. Mm. That's number one for me. How do I know this? Because I think about it constantly. Mm. How can I raise my kids? How can I love them more? How can I be with them more? And so when they interrupt a meeting, my first thought is come sit with me. Mm. Hey guys, this is Kojin. This is Ira. This is Iona, my baby. This is Hitoe, <laughs> which no one knows. This is my wife. Because my priorities are straight. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of this. I'm ashamed to say that my mission was number one, which is not bad to have it important. It is important, yes. But as soon as it becomes number one, everything everything is stressful. Everything falls through. Mm-hmm. Nothing is clear. And what I need, what we need in life is clarity, is what is important to us. Because our priorities are not dictated by what we think we want to be important, but is actually dictated by what we spend our time and money and attention on. Correct. Because that's our true focus. That's what we care about. And most people, if you look at their phone stats, <laughs> most people, number one priority is something along the lines of entertainment, myself, mm-hmm. relaxation, and that shouldn't be number one. Mm-hmm. So I think an important exercise is going through our life and saying, what is number one and number two in my life? And does my schedule, does my headspace reflect what's really important to me? Mm-hmm. If not, we've got to change it. Mm-hmm. And I changed it. How did I do that? I simply started spending more time in that environment. I started talking more with people about my kids. I started listening to more audiobooks about parenting, about, mm-hmm. about raising a son, about raising daughters. And so naturally I started shifting my priorities where I'm constantly thinking about this stuff because that's where my headspace is going. And so the story arc is that I think people on the, like the deep, deep level, what you said is like brilliant. It's like people are just trying to deal with life. And on the practical level, I think people just don't see that their priorities shift over time. Yeah. And that is, in my opinion, it's due to fallen nature. It's due to instant gratification. It's due to the mm-hmm. fact that focusing on making money and work and that kind of stuff is right in our face. It's it's an obligation we have to get done. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to focus on that. Whereas relationships, God, faith, that kind of stuff is very long-term. Right. It's very abstract, esoteric. And so it's hard to prioritize the things that aren't right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But it's ultimately like, and on top of that, you sprinkle in and you 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 douse this whole system with the fact that we're living in a culture that is basically a system that's creating, shifting our priorities. Right. If you spend any time on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, what's the feeling you have after watching for like an hour, just like shorts or reels or videos? You're comparing status, yeah. symbol, like what do you have, what you don't have. <laughs> yeah. The conclusion is this is important. Right. That person's making a bunch of money doing that. FBA, Amazon job shifting. How many freaking people need to do FBA, Amazon job shifting? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that now. And I need to focus my time on that. Right? Mm. Cat videos. I need to get a cat now. <laughs> I need to make more money. I need to get fitter. I look like a piece of garbage compared to these. I need to get fit. <laughs> here's the thing, guys. If you detox all that stuff, you won't care anymore. I haven't, I told Kathy before the recording, I haven't been on social media for three months. Not even a second. 
of my time has been going to social media. I feel amazing. I feel fantastic because I feel like I'm unplugged mm. from the system of trying to take my attention and my focus and put it on stuff that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And the conclusion is like, I feel great. I feel my priorities are straight and I'm happy and I'm proud of that. Awesome. So Man. there you go. Kathy, I want to let you conclude our chapter episode today. <laughs> wow. I feel like we just covered a lot of topics Yeah, from the blessing, why we go to challenges to priorities shifting. And um, yeah, I really feel the, the underlying lesson here is we have to, like you said, understand where our priorities are. See through spiritual mm-hmm. eyes. See that even though we don't see God working in our life every day substantially, this is why it's so important to pray, to reflect, and to practice gratitude. We need to understand that the most important things in life right now is always in front of us. And we have that in good standing when we have faith and when we have love for, uh, within our family. That comes from God. And I think that's the only way we can really battle through the ups and downs of life to get us steer us away from the comparisons, the social media, what we have, what we don't have, what we accumulated, what others be- other people have that we don't. And um, and it all boils down to when you're matching, going through the blessing, pick someone, trust God, <laughs> trust the process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I feel like there's so much more we can that's uncover. A, that's a great summary. I know we've said a lot of, I would say, abrasive things, controversial things. The point that we, I think the reason we talk about like this is because we want people to think. That's it. Yeah. We're not telling you guys how to live life. This is not a rule book. This is not authority speaking. This is just think for yourself. This is our experience. It's really helped us a lot. And we want you guys to ask your original mind, ask God, but importantly, talk to people about it. Have give and take with wise people, you know, about what you've heard here today. Uh, We love you all. Please join the MatchNet program at matchnet.us. I always say that at the very end, I should say earlier. Matchnet.us if you want to uh, do all the educational things that we have regarding matching and blessing and the value of it. So check it out. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.